Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number five. After our usual segments of In the Kitchen and Movement Makeover, we will be continuing our discussion on blood sugar regulation. If you'd like to submit a question, head over to realmomsreallife.com. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome, Andrea. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's been it's been a pretty good week. Um, I started my uh, group program that I'm doing for it's not just nutrition, but like lifestyle and um, kind of the mindset piece. And it's mm-hmm. been awesome. I had 11 people sign up. So it's actually a much bigger group than I had kind of planned for. And the first session was on Thursday. And it was just so cool to, I don't know, see people's reactions to the questions I was asking. Cause I don't think it's exactly what people expected, even though they knew it was mindset. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it really got people's like wheels turning and everyone was like really excited about it and had a really good response. So that's awesome. I love that you got a lot of people to sign up. That's, that's a, or, and a refreshing, I don't know. I always a refreshing change maybe. Totally. <laughs> um, same for me. I am I am immersed in this podcast world right now. I am so excited that I've kind of figured out a way to make it a little easier, especially as we're talking about stress. Um, I I listened. It's the world of podcasting is is becoming great, much bigger, and podcasts are talking about podcasts, and I think it's crazy. So it's exciting to be a part of this and to figure out and learn all these different steps and. I am excited that we're already on episode number five. I kind of feel like it's hard to believe. Apparently, most episodes or most podcasts end at episode six. So we'll see if we can keep going after that. I don't have any qualms or concerns about it. But um, yeah, so that's pretty much fun. And for everyone out there, I would just like to say Beth is 100% the brains and the machine behind all of this. I literally just show up and she like does everything else. So I can't thank her enough. At some point, hopefully I can uh, step in a little bit more. But <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't fishing there, but thank you. Yeah, I had said, uh, well, when I dragged you into it, I was like, well, I'll take over now. And then eventually we'll share, we'll share it a little more, but eventually I'll help. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get started because it's a big topic today. It is time for In the Kitchen. What is our kitchen tip today? All right, mine is to always have a really nice supply of frozen veggies on hand. Um, I feel like everyone's all like, oh my God, fresh and local. And yeah, that's amazing. Like get fresh and local when you can. However, I don't know about everyone else, but I go grocery shopping once a week. And as of right now, I have zero intentions to change that. And as much as I try to like meal prep and plan, it just never works out. Half the time, my husband ends up eating what I thought were going to be my leftovers, you know, like whatever it is. We just never seem to have enough um, vegetables. We tend to run out. And then I feel like when we buy more fresh ones, then we like don't use them, you know. So it's this constant struggle of getting them right. And um I have just realized that when I just stock up on really good quality frozen ones, that makes everything so much easier. Um, I, my favorites are Trader Joe's has their cauliflower rice that's organic and frozen and is amazing. 
And um, I get frozen green beans from Costco. Again, they're organic. So it's really, really nice. And then Costco, again, Costco also has um, pre-cubed frozen butternut squash, which, I mean, you can't get ro- go wrong with butternut squash that is already cut up for you. So it's just kind of like you have no excuse not to eat vegetables when you have them in your freezer. And they take like, like cauliflower rice takes like less than five minutes to make. Um, the green beans, I'll actually make them, like I'll roast the frozen ones. Like I stick them on a pan frozen. I don't thaw or do anything. And I just put them right in the oven and then you can come up with pretty decent roasted green beans. I mean, they're a little bit better when they're fresh, but yeah, whatever. Sometimes you have to compromise. <laughs> this is perfect and totally my life right now. Uh, <laughs> there was a certain point and we had to have a CSA all summer, but we had waste because it was, you, there's, you know, only so much time you have to make a fresh vegetable. And if you make a fresh vegetable and then you try to kind of save it or meal prep with it, it just doesn't work out as well. So we definitely, we are big fans. And I don't think you guys have Wegmans out there, but um, we have Wegmans and I actually, we priced it all out. And they're actually cheaper than Costco with their bulk stuff. And you can get organic for cheaper than, like, regular fresh produce. And it's high quality. And I will say, like, one of my favorite vegetables is roasted broccoli. You cannot roast frozen broccoli. It doesn't work. It doesn't taste the same. It's just... (laughs) Yeah. But, but, like, steaming it and frozen broccoli, it's the same. Because, and it's... I've always told people that with frozen vegetables, you're actually kind of shopping in season because they're not going to, they're going to be picked when they're fresh and in season. That's when they're going to be the best quality. So you might actually be getting more nutrients from frozen vegetables than, you know, maybe a vegetable that's been shipped from who knows where and ripened on the way that you, you didn't get. And I would agree, kind of add with frozen fruit as well, like for smoothies and things like that. Um, also a great way to get some like berries and things like that that you can get organic which I know fresh frozen uh fresh organic berries are crazy expensive so the frozen can can help with your budget a little bit yeah and yeah I think that last point that you made well about budget but also the um nutrient value you're right like I think there's actually studies that show that frozen vegetables have more nutrients than like fresh ones that have been shipped from somewhere. So you aren't losing out on that at all. So, yeah. All right. Let's move on to our movement makeover. My tip for this week is to stretch. So I feel like a lot of us really get into different types of workouts, whether it's CrossFit or hit workouts or whatever, you know, soul cycle, whatever the, the workout of the, the week is. But I think that oftentimes we forget to stretch. Now, I'm not necessarily talking to the yogis out there because that's usually a pretty big portion of it. But there's definitely something to be said about there are, there are muscles that you don't stretch in yoga. There are muscles that you need to stretch, like particularly like your shoulder pecs, if you're at a desk all day, your hamstrings, things like that. Just if you are primarily sitting during the day, you just want to try to make it into your routine to add some stretches here or there. You walk through a doorway, put your hands on it and lean forward and get a stretch into your pecs. Or you're sitting at cooking, maybe put your heel on the ground and lean forward a little bit and stretch your hamstring. I will see if I can get some pictures of those two stretches to show you guys, but I can't stress the importance of stretching enough. 
Oh, I love this. And it's so funny that this was yours uh, tip because just yesterday I made a video that I haven't even posted it yet. Um, I'm really bad. I'm like really good at like taking pictures or like making posts, but then like I don't actually post them. But anyway, I made of me doing a piriformis, so like a deep hip uh, muscle kind of like in your butt there. Mm-hmm. stretch and I was saying okay if you're gonna sit around like we're all guilty of sitting around on our phones on Facebook like at least get down and like be stretching while you're doing it <laughs> so that's kind of one of my things I'm trying to do if I'm on the floor if I know I'm like just trying to answer posts or answer questions it's like okay just get into a stretch and I have a yeah we can link to that video because it's one that you can easily sit in and be on your phone or be doing something else. So pigeon pose is my all time favorite. So I will, I will just lay there in it and yeah, that's on my phone for a little bit. There you go. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to the topic of the week. We are talking about blood sugar regulation and how it's related to stress. So we're, let's talk, let's talk a little bit. We're going to get a little bit more into the, the physiology of it this week. So bear with us, but we do think that some of these little details are important. Let's start us off, Andrea. All right. So what is uncommon knowledge, I guess you could say, is that every stress reaction is a blood sugar reaction. So anytime you're feeling stress or your body is getting into a stress state, it is actually impacting your blood sugar. It is spiking up your blood sugar. And before I talk about why that is, let's just back up and talk about the parasympathetic and sympathetic states. So some of you might be familiar with that, but for those who aren't, your parasympathetic state is your like rest and digest and recover state, and your sympathetic is the fight or flight state. So the state that you'd be in, it's like, you know, a bear is chasing you down. It's like you're either about to run or you're going to fight it. So um, when we get in any kind of stress that we feel, it puts us into that sympathetic state and it can be like really minor things. So like your phone notification dinging, you know, that kind of makes you like, Ooh, what's that? And that like puts you into the sympathetic state or you're driving and someone cuts you off or you're just in a stressful meeting. You're on a deadline at work. You're anything that you're in that mode of like, you all of a sudden look up and you're like, did I breathe for the last like three hours? That's like all in the sympathetic state. <laughs> um, So when you're in that state, your body is preparing you to fight or flight. Okay. That is when we were evolving, that is what it associated stress with. It's like either I'm about to fight something or I have to run. So what it does is it dumps glucose into your bloodstream. So that way your muscles can then take it up and use it to either run or fight. Okay. So it shunts blood away from your brain, away from your digestive organs, and it puts it into your bloodstream. So that way, once your muscles start pumping as they're fighting or fighting, uh, if those are verbs, um, they can use that glucose then. So they have that energy. However, most of us, I would say 99% of the time when we feel stress, we're just sitting there. So now your body's dumping all this, you know, glucose into your bloodstream and you're not using it up. So it's spiking up your blood sugar levels And then it's kind of staying up there and then your body has to figure out how to then bring it back down. So again, just tiny little stressors throughout the day kind of just can lead to these blood sugar spikes. So that's why somebody can be eating a super low carb diet, super healthy paleo diet, but still have blood sugar dysregulation. And I think this is probably one of the most common things I see in people who come to me 
who, you know, are like, I do everything right, but yet, you know, I'm still struggling with fatigue and afternoon crashes and, you know, irritability and hormone imbalance and all of that. So that is, that's what I have to say on it. What do you think, Beth? I agree 100%. I kind of want to wrap it up because I sort of, for me, when I hear something once, I'm like, okay, I think I got it, but then I'm going to just sum it down. So basically when we're rested and relaxed and we're not stressed, our body is able to think and digest. And that's kind of where our energy goes to. So you're relaxed and everything's working the way it should. When we're stressed, our blood sugar spikes up and our muscles are turned on, which is why when you're stressed, that's when you get stress headaches and like those tension spots in those shoulders, that kind of thing, because your muscles are firing ready for that fight or flight response. So that's why we relate why blood sugar regulation and stress are directly related. And really they're, I mean, more or less kind of the same thing. So why Andrea is combating stress important? So, I mean, in order to achieve optimal health, you have to have regulated blood sugar levels. So you can see now from what we just talked about that you cannot have regulated blood sugar levels if you're constantly dealing with stress. Say as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard, I think, in today's society, especially... I don't know if other nations, and I don't know if we're going to have other, you know, listeners from other nations, but I feel like in the United States, particularly in my East Coast section, we live on um, going fast and getting things done quickly and very timely and scheduling just about everything. So it takes a conscious effort to get into that relaxed state, whereas historically, that relaxed state has been natural and it's taken it that that stress state is something that comes once in a while. So it's really important to be mindful of stress and then take different ways to to alleviate it. Um, if you don't mind, I'll kind of start into that next section is wh- how can we combat stress? And I'm going to talk personally. So for me, first step was just being mindful that I was stressed and there were things that were stressing me and some of them were good stresses. They were exercise. Exercise, we use our muscles. So blood sugar is going to increase and it's going to send all that that um, energy to our muscles to use it. But that's still a stress on our body. So here I am trying to exercise all the time. And then here I am stressing about what food to buy, what food to eat, all this knowledge that I've started gaining about health and nutrition actually added stress to my life for a little bit until I kind of found ways to kind of let it go a little bit more. So what I really ended up doing was I did I did some meditation and I worked five to 10 minutes at a time. I never really did more than three to five days in a row because I'm just, I'm not good at doing something that consistently, but I did it enough that I now have the ability to, when I'm driving and someone cuts me off, I feel my energy spike up. I feel the blood start rushing and I take a deep breath and I just let it go. And it doesn't work every time, but it works enough that I feel like I'm able to live in a more relaxed state and how important that is for digesting and 
just keeping that my blood sugar more regulated and then I don't have to stress about food quite as much because the, again the stress is can be worse than the actual blood sugar di- dysregulation by the foods we're eating what are your thoughts oh, I totally agree with that I think mindset so I think when it's almost like talking about stress it's like I always like I'm hesitant to like do it because I'm like, I feel like initially it makes everyone just more stressed because they're like, oh my God, I'm stressed all the time and that's really stressful. And now I'm just, you know, now I'm aware of it. So you don't need to, like nothing in your life needs to change for you to have a decreased stress response to life. Because like what Beth said about mindfulness and meditation, that's really the key point. So I love the example of like a driver cutting off because I think it's a really easy one to use. So I used to have really bad road rage. Like I was, I still am a reactive person who talked to my husband, but I am like a million times better than I used to be. Um, But I used to be a really stressed out driver. And now, now it's, you know, it's like I did this for a while and now it's really not even an issue. Like I don't even have to do this anymore, but I would very consciously, if somebody cut me off or was just like driving really fast, you know what I mean? Just doing something stupid in my head, I'm like, oh my God, that person is taking their mom to the hospital because she's having a heart attack and is in the back seat or their wife is in labor in the back seat. So they need to get somewhere. So like they have to cut me off. So like, please get in front of me, you know? And like, that's probably not true at all. But if all of a sudden you can like switch a scenario like that, all of a sudden you're not like upset about that person cutting off because you're like, oh my gosh, yes, please go get to the hospital on time. And then you're like happy for them. (laughs) And so if you can do little things around that, around situations that stress you out, then you can start creating these shifts in your thinking and you start applying them to everything. So like same thing, if you're in the grocery store and someone just like cuts you off, it's like you have no idea what their situation is at home. They might be, you know, have a sick kid and they need to be buying medicine for them. Um, You know, they or whatever it might be that they just they needed to cut you off in that moment. And again, who knows if it's true or not. But all that is going to change in that scenario is that you are going to be less stressed about it because chances are, I mean, unless you're going to pick a fight with someone, like they're going to cut you off anyways. So or cut in front of you in line. So the more you can start like putting yourself in other people's situation and being like, okay, why did they do that thing that stressed me out? Usually you can figure out a reason. And I find myself like doing this in my own scenario. So like there's times where I'll do something that I know like probably wasn't the best thing to do, but like there was a really good reason behind. I'm trying to think of a reason right now. <laughs> there's one, the one that thing that's coming to mind, which is stupid is like not putting my shopping cart away. Cause that kind of annoys me. People like leave it in the middle of a parking lot, but there's times where like, just like the way I'm carrying my baby and I put him in the car and then like, I realize that, oh my gosh, that thing is further away than I realize. And I don't want to leave my baby alone in the car because there's like shady people walking. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, you know what? I am just going to leave it in the spot right now. And it just took me like as a new mom, like it took me a while to like figure that out. So I could put my cart away, but in the situations where I just forgot or did things in the wrong order, you know what? I just didn't put my cart away. So then when I would see a cart in the middle of the parking spot, I'd be like, oh, that was just probably a mom that, you know, just had a screaming baby in the car and she just needed to go, you know? And then it's like, you don't get as upset about it. So 
sorry, that was probably not the best example. Well, but. I got to tell you, that's a rookie mistake here. You always park next to the cart returned. I, you don't I park know. in that special parent with cho- toddler spot. I mean, they should put those spots right next to the cart returns because right? that that is the best place to park. I know, right? Yeah, I'm now nailing that down in Costco. Like, I have my, like, section I always park in because no one's ever there, and it's, like, right across from the cart return, and I have it perfect. But um, it took me a while. It took me a while. So, but does that make sense in terms of these, like, mindset shifts you can make? And then same thing, if someone's, like, getting mad at you or someone's being rude to you, it's, like, what kind of day did they just have? Like, you have no idea what just happened to them that, you know, maybe their mom just died. And, like, you'd kind of be upset, too, if you were out and about and had to, like, finish up what you're doing, you know, in your day. So if you can just, I don't know, find ways to make it that, not not that it justifies other people's behavior, but so it doesn't impact you then you can start reducing stress levels in your life. I think that those are great suggestions. I love sort of turning around, kind of putting yourself in their shoes to alleviate the stress that it causes on you because the last thing you want is this person that does something that you're not happy about. And then it's a double whammy because first of all, well, now you can't park in the spot because there's a cart there. And then secondly, you're stressed and your blood sugar spiked and you're in this crazy fight or flight response because of it. One of the other things that I like to try to do, and I'm not 100% on it, but if I'm not in a rush, I try to not be in a rush. So I take my time and I let that mom with the fussy baby go ahead of me in line. And I am maybe overly generous to other people. If somebody's there, I, um, I just I make sure that when I when I have the time to relax and just make my way and be patient and oh you're go ahead or you know what take your time because I find that when I am in a rush there sometimes is that one person that that will let me go ahead. Oh, you look like you're really busy. You've got your hands full. Go ahead. And that makes my day. So if I can do that when I'm not in a rush to and really help somebody else out in that way, maybe that can make everyone do it a little bit more and, and, and that little bit really makes it makes a difference. Yes. I love that. And I actually do try to do the same thing as well, for sure, because I think it's one it does make people's day for sure. And it just calms you down. It makes you feel good about yourself, makes you happy. I don't know about you, but I'm sure when you do it, you just like feel really happy after doing that. It's like such a good feeling and that's always really nice. Yeah, Um, it is. And I also don't get upset when the, sometimes you do something really nice and you sort of expect a thank you and you don't get one. Don't let that stress you out either. You you don't know, like you just don't know the other day that people are having because we all know that we have bad days. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's really important to to battle that for sure. Um, the other point I wanted to touch on is is the eating in a stressed out state. So we haven't really covered what that does. So as we talked about before, when you are in a sympathetic state, the blood is shifted away from your digestive system. So you can imagine that if you're eating in a really sympathetic state, that your body just really can't digest as well. So it makes it really hard for your body to break down foods. And if you've heard of like leaky gut syndrome, uh, things like that, that that can be a contributor because your body's just not breaking down the foods properly. And that impacts your um, small intestine and 
can lead to some of those particles getting out, but that's a different topic, so we won't go there. Um, but one thing that you can do is, is kind of take that pause to ask yourself, okay, am I about to eat under stress? And you just want to check in with yourself first. It's like, how are you feeling physically, emotionally, you know? Are you actually breathing? So for me, I, when I, days that I'm in a physical therapy clinic, I have a half hour lunch break. And in that lunch break, one, I'm still usually finishing up with a patient. I have to pump. I need to go eat my lunch and I'm trying to write notes. So it is like the worst <laughs> situation of uh, trying to eat in a relaxed state. So I usually, you know, catch myself like not even realizing that I'm halfway through my meal. So I've been trying to do, and it has helped a ton actually, is I like lay out all my food. I like have my pump going. And then it's just like, I just stop and do that check-in, sit nice and tall, even close my eyes for a second um, and just focus on my breath. And I'll just take three to five deep breaths in and out and just trying to, you know, inhale for three to five counts and then just hold it at the top for about a count and then exhale for as long as I can and just like get myself into that state and it oh my gosh it helps so much one I enjoy my meals so much better I then remember to chew my food which is so important so trying to like chew each bite um, like 15 to 20 times and as much as we shouldn't be multitasking when we eat, sometimes we have to. And so if I'll try to like chew a bite while I'm like finishing a note up or like finishing a sentence, you know, and make sure I'm chewing and not just swallowing. And, um, and yeah, so it, before, before I was really consciously doing that, I would get hungrier a lot faster or like I would definitely get like more of those afternoon crashes. Whereas when I'm really like chewing my food, paying attention to what I'm eating, I think my, my body just is actually digesting it. So my energy is better. And then I'm usually not like reaching for snack at the end of my day as much. It's like, I don't need that extra food. Like I can make it until dinner. So it's been really helpful. And then the last thing I do with all that is I use um, this essential oil blend. Hey my baby's talking from this company called MEO Energetics, which we can link to that. And one of their oils is amazing and pretty much everybody should own it. And you just use like a half drop on the back of your head and it helps to shift your body into that parasympathetic state. So I actually put that on first and then do my breathing because that really helps shift my body into that state faster. Um, Cause that's what it's designed to do. And that oil is called vagal tone, if I didn't say that already. I Thank you. I will, I will put that link to that in the show notes. And as an added benefit, while you're relaxing and pumping, you're probably producing more milk as well, because that's another thing that doesn't happen in a stress state. Absolutely. And that's actually, thank you for saying that, because that's actually, I think, what like made me start doing, be, be more conscious of that in the first place, was because there was definitely days where I was not pumping nearly as much. And using that oil and breathing definitely like almost every time helps. And that's usually when I know I didn't do it is like, I'll like pull my things down. And I'm like, well, crap, I have like barely three ounces. Great. <laughs> um, so yes, absolutely. For anyone with supply issues, <laughs> this parasympathetic state is essential. I think that learning how to do like three to 10 seconds of 
of breathing, whatever, whatever works for you. I can link to a couple, um, is it four, seven, eight, I think breathing or four, four, uh, I'll link to, I'll link to it. There's a couple different, there's, yeah, there's alternate nostril breathing. There's a couple different things, but that, that are supposed to really kind of get you into that relaxed state. And it's, not only can it help you at meal times and relax down into those meal times, but it's nice to do it when you're awake and, and kind of eating and that kind of thing. But then if you're having trouble falling asleep at night, I've used the same breathing strategies and I'll get through three to five rounds and then there I am fast asleep, like before I know it. So that's something that, that can help with not only just your overall stress levels during the day, I'll take a couple deep breaths anytime I feel stressed. And then again, at meal times and before bed, breathe it. It's hard to say. Guess what, guys? You have to breathe. It's <laughs> the, the, the way that we live. So uh, I'll link to a couple of the, of the breathing techniques that, that I, I, I share with my clients. It's like the first thing we talk about is, you know what? If you can't make any changes with your diet right now and that's not the place you're in, just breathe and chew your food is my, is my big thing. So totally, I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up our, how blood sugar regulation and stress are related. How's your me time going this week? Um, I have actually been doing more yoga and exercise. I went to a like fit for mom. I don't know. That's like a franchise around. I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah. You, oh, yes. Yeah, so I almost bought yeah. a stroller strides fr- fit for mom franchise last year. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so it, there was just a free class on Saturday. It like makes no sense for me to pay for the whole thing, unfortunately. But I was like, you know what? Like, okay, I'm just going to get up on Saturday morning and early and, and go do it, which is something. Yes. My baby agrees. Sorry. He woke up from his nap. So he's here joining us. If you're hearing squeals, um, <laughs> So that was really nice. It was fun. And, um, and I've done a couple of yoga classes this week because exercise has definitely been something that I've been struggling to fit in, especially since nap times have been very questionable. <laughs> so <laughs> And short. Yes. Yeah, we're like lucky we're getting 30 minutes of now. So. <laughs> oh, I was going to say this is not sponsored at all, but I, I really like the Fit for Mom franchise. I think that... The, the village that they create in it is phenomenal. I went to one in New Jersey. It's where I, when I was in the thick of it and I, I wasn't in the place or time in my life to do it now. Um, my recommendation is, is be aware of your body's limitations. They are, the, the coaches are all familiar with modifications and things like that but there are people that are two years post baby and then there's kids people that are six weeks post baby so don't be afraid at any kind of post post baby or even prenatal fitness if something just doesn't feel right don't don't be afraid to ask for an a a modification that's what they're there for that's why you're going to a mom and baby mommy and me kind of class so I just want to kind of throw that out there. Um, but I do, I do love that franchise. And for me, I did a yoga video from my, from my dad dog yoga app this week, one. So that was a win. And I figured out why my bed has been uncomfortable. So we had this like thick foam 
memory foam topper over top of our our latex mattress and we like continuously rotate our bed and I was like I thought latex mattresses were supposed to last longer than this but I kept feeling this gibbet and if we didn't rotate it every month my back would be sore so we okay so my daughter peed in it so that that happened I was like let's just take the topper off and see what it feels like so we took the topper off and my back has been great Oh my my arms are falling asleep a little bit more, but that firmer mattress, like, I think that it wasn't the mattress that I was getting the divots. It was like the two inch thick memory foam that was, you know, just losing it because it wasn't, it was like $40 on Amazon. And so it wasn't that expensive. And so I was just floored and upset that we hadn't done this sooner, but so I'm excited about that. That that was my my me time for the week. Just figuring out how to my bed uh, can be a little better. That's awesome. Oh, I'm glad it's not the mattress. I had a physical therapy client once who came to me and he's like, "Yeah, I just bought this like really expensive Tempur-Pedic mattress." You know, it was like $5,000, and he's like, ever since my back's been really sore, and he traveled a lot, and he was like, "Yeah, when I'm at hotels, I'm totally fine." And I was like, why did you just get a new mattress? He was like, well, it was really expensive. <laughs> so we like did PT for a little bit. And it, like, I mean, we had, cause there was other things that needed to work on, but it got to the point where it's like, I'm still really sore when I wake up, but only when I sleep in that bed. And I'm like, just get a new mattress, dude. <laughs> like no, you're wasting so much worse. money and time on PT. <laughs> and then he got a new mattress and he's like, okay, yeah, I should have done that like three months ago. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, so, it, it's amazing. And it's, it's funny that you say that because we did, we were in a hotel this weekend for our anniversary. That was another me time we did um this weekend but and you know again woke up it's, it's, it's always a sign that if you wake up feeling better in a hotel room bed than you do in your own bed you gotta you gotta think about that you gotta maybe change something up depending on where you sleep more if you travel five days a week well maybe your bed at home doesn't really matter but just pretend like that's your hotel but all right well i think that's a wrap Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we are going to talk a little bit more about stress, but stress and parenthood. Follow us on social media for calls for questions. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. For more from me, Beth, head on over to feedsofreallyates.com. For special updates that you don't get anywhere else, subscribe to my email list. You can find Andrea at www.lifelibertyhealth.com. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.